With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. We are sponsored today by 10,000, T-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D dot C-C. So 10,000 dot C-C. Use the code Maximus15 for some shorts, some compression tights, some shirts. I think it's the best workout gear on the market. Also check out Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O dot com. For a limited time only, use the code MAXIMUS50 to get half-price shoes. This goes for the Maximus, but we are almost sold out, which makes me extremely happy. <laughs> it goes for the Grinders, the Zodiacs, the Bloodbirds. And so let's uh, get the whole world uh, clothed is the wrong word. Footed, Joe? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Podiatrist. Shod. I, I, like, I like shod. shod. We're going to get everyone shod. Shod's good. Yeah. But get the whole world shooed in some Lalo. Today, Joe, because uh, we've paid our bills, I I really want to talk about how this uh, – I'm calling it a quarantine, but I don't think it's a legal quarantine in every state right now. Um, there's some shelter-in-place orders. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can go out to the grocery store, I suppose, or to the hospital or things like that. I mean we're not completely shut in, but for the most part, a lot of people are spending a lot more time at home than they ordinarily have, probably in their lives, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I really think from what I'm seeing on social media and what I'm reading that people fall into two categories. It doesn't seem to be much middle ground. It's either bringing out the absolute best in people or the absolute worst. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard to to hide when like you're you're stuck in a room with somebody. You know what I oh. mean? Or by yourself. I mean, sometimes the worst person to be stuck in a room with is yourself and your oh, thoughts. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's what I'm really getting, Joe, because I'm a student of psychology and I know you are as well. We live in a world where there's constant distraction at our fingertips. You can go out anytime you want. There's always some type of digital device. You're always looking to do things, whether it's hang out with your friends, go for a walk, put on TV, you know, uh, play with your phone. There's always something you can do. And I really feel for the first time in a lot of people's lives, they're forced to face their own thoughts. Yeah. And I are used to that because there, there was always a thing, Joe, like if you're at home and you're anxious or depressed, 
you didn't have to face that. You could get in your car, drive somewhere and go and be around other people. And you didn't have to deal with your own mess. Yeah. It's kind of the old thing. Like it's more fun to deal with other people's messes than your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but people are being forced to, to figure it out. And, and I think the phone used to be a distraction, but when that's all you have, it's not so much of a distraction anymore. Like it loses its luster a little bit, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess it, it kind of becomes commonplace where it, it's almost like, uh, well, I'll tell you this much. My experience of being in this lockdown, I, I haven't been as active, like calling people and talking to them as I normally am, because you're right. That is usually my distraction. Yep. Now it's like part of the tedium of like, well, I've already kind of done that enough. Like, What else? <laughs> It's, it's almost like I shouldn't say it's it's become commonplace. I, it's almost like it loses its soothing effect. It's like you're bored of your pacifier now. Yeah, and now yeah. people are looking for a new pacifier, but it's really limited options when you're stuck in your house. Yeah, I think that's that's right on. I like the way that you described that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. it's not doing it anymore. It's like. It, it, it kind of reminds me of of the and, and I'll say the housewife that's miserable, but she's got a rich husband. He works all the time. She's lonely, and there's only so many pair of shoes you can buy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You mm-hmm. know? So like much you can buy and shop before that doesn't affect you positively anymore. It doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't take away that hole that you have or that loneliness or whatever it is, and that can be applied to men too. Like, what do you do? It reminds me of the guy that goes out to his garage and does woodworking or does projects around the house. But what happens when you have no more projects to do? What happens when you have no more distractions? What happens when you can't stay late at the office and talk to your buddies? What happens when you can't play golf? You actually have to just sit there and think. That's troubling for a lot of people, Joe. Yeah, because you can't you can't really run from what's going on in your own head. Oh, you're, you're, you're stuck with it. I mean, I, I always, you know, use the, the kind of analogy of, well, actually, let me ask you a question, Joe, when you sure. put your head on the pillow, you go right to sleep or do you toss and turn for two hours riddled with anxiety? I, Thinking, me, I, I fall asleep cause I deal with my shit, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But this is a common thing where all of a sudden you're laying in bed and you're thinking of some ex-girlfriend from, from five years ago that you wronged. You're thinking about something that you, you, you said to your mom eight years ago. You're thinking about something that somebody said to you, like stuff that you have no business thinking about. And it's all just worming its way between your ears. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people talk about it. I can't relate. Like I really cannot relate because I mean, when I put my head on the pillow, I fall asleep right away. But there are times, you know what I mean? Like there's times where it's hard to fall asleep. I'll tell you, uh, after the, well, the other day I got an email from my supervisor and, and, you know, we had this whole thing about being furloughed. Uh, I mean, like I'm, I'm okay with that. I get it. I understand it. I'm not worried that I'm not going to survive this thing, but that did stress me out. And I didn't sleep well that night. You know, like I was up probably later than I should be. Um, but again, I think I was looking for a distraction so that I didn't have to sit and try to process that. I think it's almost yep. like a, a, I don't know, a defense mechanism, if you will. Yep. Um, but I do think being being sequestered in a way like it, it's funny how noisy the world seems by comparison. You know, like oh, even, yeah. even even with little kids running around the house screaming, it's like surprisingly quiet most of yep. the day. And and I 
I've been working so hard and doing so much and like staying so busy. Like I almost never noticed that. And now like, yeah, I can hear that silence. And I think it's a good thing. I, I enjoy that silence. I enjoy sitting quietly, but I mean, I've also, I've got a background in martial arts. I've learned, you know, how to meditate. I, I appreciate the the benefits of deep prayer. You know, I like the silence. I like going to the science. I'm also kind of an introvert that way. For some people, yep. that's absolute torture. I mean, absolute torture. In fact, it kind of reminds me of of when I was a prison guard, because you're really you're just kind of like locked in a space with these people, and they're not, you know, admittedly, they're not great people. You know what I mean? Like these are the worst of the worst. These are criminals in a maximum security facility. But these are the people you're working with day after day after day. And you are locked in a room with them. Yep. You know, everything is like that. And and I've seen guys who were who were cellies for like 20 years just come to blows because no matter how much you try, eventually everybody rubs everybody the wrong way. You know, eventually your your annoying ticks will just get under the other person's skin. And every now and then you just you kind of have to have a blow up fist fight, knock each other out a couple times and then be separated. And then you're good for a little while. So I want to ask you a question about jail. Sure. Because this is an extreme example of it. It's really not that bad being trapped in the house. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to put that on anybody else because everybody's got a different experience, right? Like you, you could have a very easy time with your kids and, and your wife could think it's a nightmare. Um, you could be just happy being in the house all day because you're a homebody. Your wife could hate it and feel trapped. Like that's everyone's experiences are own. Um, but I don't look at it that difficult. Like I'm, I'm sitting here doing the podcast and I'm looking at a bunch of unbilt Lego sets that I could build. I actually love building Legos and find it mm-hmm. therapeutic. There's something about taking a pile of pieces in, in chaos and creating order of it that makes me feel good. Uh, there was a time I, I did a lot of scrapbooking. It was the same kind of feeling. Uh, I'm looking at a couple of things that I could probably fix around the house and, and paint or tidy up. And that seems appealing to me. I'm looking at an 80-inch television with a PlayStation 4, <laughs> an Xbox, and a Nintendo Switch. And there's some games that I could play through that I really like. Uh, I could start The Witcher, which is a game that you absolutely love that you, yeah. you know, you've recommended. Um, there's some shows on Netflix I can watch. I mean, it doesn't seem to me there's a shortage of things that I could do that are quote-unquote frivolous, frivolous. And I have even, Joe... Uh, named off the things that I want to do for work that excite me. Um, Lisa made a comment the other day about how I'm working a lot. I'm like, yeah, but I love work. Mm-hmm. Like I love doing Instagram live and conversing with people. I love answering questions about something that I'm extremely passionate about. I love putting out workout plans for people knowing that they're doing them. I love the feedback I get. So my point is I've got a list of a million and one things as, as, as uh, to, to kind of quote Jay-Z, I got, I got 99 things to do and being bored ain't one of them, whatever that (laughs) phrase is. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, so my, my, my question now it's very long winded, but back to jail. I really think I could survive solitary confinement really well. Like if you put me in a room by myself with no clock and nothing, I feel like I could, I could work out. I could, I could sleep. I, I could write poetry in my head. I could think I could, is that true or would I crack? You know, there, it, there's all different kinds, right? Like some of the guys in solitary. Well, here, I'll explain it this way. 
Um, they don't they don't call it solitary anymore because I think it's it's like not PC to say you're putting someone in solitary. I know when you go to like Supermax, that's actually a thing. Like this human being cannot be put in a room with other human beings. Uh, what they yep. call it is segregation. You're in disciplinary okay. segregation. So we were just we had two units. We had Seg One and Seg Two at at our institution. So Seg One was like what we would call the whole. That's like yep, you're in a room by yourself with nothing. Now it's okay. it's not easy living by any means. Um, you know, your, your rights to property are really limited. Your rights to movement are really limited. So pretty much like you're spending the whole day in a room wearing your pajamas. If you're lucky, you have like a mattress and a pillow and a blanket in there. And that's like about it. Um, the people who are, who are, I would say the good segregated inmates would get maybe a book, you know, they, and that's, that's about all you can get in DS1. And DS2, okay. you could have like a TV and a radio and kind of all of, all of the things. In fact, you could have a roommate in, in Seg2 because you were sort of working your way back into the regular population. It's like you were in Seg1 for long enough and you're behaving. And, you know, as a reward for good behavior, you're allowed more things. Some all of right. the guys who are in Seg1 never wanted to leave because really? in that they found almost a simplicity to their life that was manageable. Because when Got they were it. on the outside, it was like everything was noise, right? It's just noise, noise, noise. And and usually, I mean, you know, they've, they've got psychological problems for sure. I mean, most of the guys that are in there have some kind of a, a deep-seated, like, mental illness of some sort. Uh, but having all that noise and, and distraction and drugs and things to do, it's almost too much for them. And then you put them in this this place where they have very little to bother them, very little to focus on, and they, they start to prefer that. And so a lot of the guys, like they'd be, at, you know, they, he did something, he's in SEG for a month. And at the end of the month, they're like, you know, we're going to move you to SEG 2. And they would act up and like, you know, cover up their door so you couldn't see in and then refuse to take anything down just because they knew that the punishment for doing that would be like another month on the SEG unit. And they didn't want so to. So they could stay. So exactly. they liked it. So, yeah. so so that's that brings me to my next question. Do you think that a quarantine for people is harder with all these distractions because they never fully get used to being by themselves. Like they don't get the bandaid ripped off. Like I almost feel like people would be better off if they were forced to spend a week by themselves, no stimulus at all to just deal with the pain of being alone. And then the bandaid would be ripped off and they would be good and appreciative. Well, Is think, that like, th- think, think about almost every spiritual tradition that we have on this planet. Right. There is something to like going off by yourself, whether it's off into the wilderness, whether it's off to like a monastery where you're supposed to just sit quietly for extended periods of time. Like from like the the Zen monks who will sit for days on end. They I mean, there's even like Zen retreats where you go sit in a room and stare at the wall for like a full week. And that's like your retreat. Yep. You know, so I think there there is something in human nature that you, you can't. I guess, come to terms with with yourself and understand your own internal structure until you take the time to face that. And so to yep. a certain degree, some people are sort of self-selecting that right now, saying, well, OK, I'm stuck at home. Um, if somebody I was talking to was saying that uh, oh, it was, uh, uh, one of my guys online, Matt, was saying uh, a guitarist uh, instructor that he was friends with was saying how much he had just appreciated the sound of silence. You know, when when the world yeah. was going on, it was like all he wanted to do was play music. And now, like, he's really just appreciated being able to just sit and just listen to quiet. Like, that's kind of self-selecting yourself for 
that silence, for that quiet, for, for learning to embrace that. The other thing is what I think is driving people nuts, where you're constantly trying to come up with like some silly game or something to do, or you've played all your video games and, and you've watched all your movies and you've been binging on Netflix and it's just, it's really unfulfilling. But I mean, isn't that really the, the lesson of the whole thing is like all that distraction is ultimately just smoke anyway. You know, the, the, to a degree. You know, I think the, the, the real, I guess, uh, uh, reward is that inner peace that you get when you do learn to quiet your monkey mind, you know? Do you think people are very unaware overall as a whole? And here comes our co-host, Jax. <laughs> Babu. Hey, Babu, how are you doing? Good. Good. What are you playing with over there? Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, good. See, he's just happy. Like, you know, this actually brings up something interesting. Looking at a kid, he is just happy and fulfilled, Joe, mm-hmm. playing with some Star Wars figures. Yeah. Simple. Right. Like, yeah. It's, it's it's really funny. And by the way, if I took his Star Wars figures away from him and gave him a stick, he'd be happy with that. Yeah. Like it's 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 funny what kids will play with. It's like the parents that and it's happened to me. You want them to have a good Christmas. You want them to have stuff that, that you never had until you shower them with gifts at, at Christmas and they end up playing with wrapping paper mm-hmm. or they play with an yeah. empty box yeah. or you you bought them like a hundred dollar Thomas the Train set. You, you bought them some movies. You bought them some. And it, for whatever reason, you bought them a little green army guy that cost 10 cents. And that's what they cling to. The most simple thing ever. And I think as adults, we lose the ability to do that. But I also, I wanted to ask you, do you think people are unaware of what really makes them fulfilled because of all the distractions? I think so. I think it's actually really easy to go through life with no, I guess, clue. You know what I mean? Like, because there's, there's always going to be distraction. The world is always looking to knock you off course. I've I've referred to this before. It's just the, the nature of a personified resistance, whatever you're trying to do. It's like the universe doesn't want you to do it. And so it's more than happy to provide you with all these like little trivial uh, uh, distractions to just keep you occupied. And for a time, I think that's fine. I think anybody who who, even the great spiritual masters of the world would probably tell you, yeah, sometimes it's fun to just do things that are distracting because you can kind of get lost in that. Um, But I I do think it's easy to just kind of go from thing to thing to thing to thing and never actually sit and face the music. And I think you'll find this if you ever actually study like religion in an academic setting. Um, This is a very, very true uh, uh, story of my past where I took a class at university in Zen Buddhism. And I'm reading these like ancient Zen texts and I'm absolutely loving them. I'm really internalizing them and I'm understanding like the nature of like knowledge and understanding and wisdom. And and one of the things there's there's a, a great Zen Buddhist master who says that it's pointless to try to memorize like the names of all the different ancestors and the dates that they lived like that kind of knowledge doesn't really have much use. But understanding the things that they taught you was really important. And then I would show up for the final and the final was like now list all the masters and the years. And it was like, I mean, did we just completely miss the point of like studying all of this stuff? But that was that economic or not economic, uh, uh, academic approach to trying to understand this thing but it was still just like that constant searching for that next little distraction instead of sitting with the words that are right in front of you and internalizing them so it's kind of like knowledge without wisdom if that makes sense 
And so I, I feel like, sense. yeah, and, and I feel like that's what people can do. They can understand like, oh, yeah, yeah, sitting quietly is, is, is really important. Like being able to sit and listen to the, to the voices in your head and like understanding your own internal dialogue is really important. And I get that. But I'm just going to go on to the next self-help book instead of actually just sitting with those words for a while. Yeah, or or I mean, the the other thing without words that I think more people could relate to, to be honest with you, because I don't know how many people really read, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But what about those moments where you just sit on the beach and look at the ocean? What about the moments where you where you sit like we've got beautiful mountains in Salt Lake City. You just sit for a, a minute and admire how beautiful something looks. Yeah. When you look at the sunset, like why is it so hard to do that more during the day or or more day after day after day? Why does it have to be brief and very fleeting moments? Like, I feel like it's a skill we've lost, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the other thing that I would say about that, Joe, is when you look at this kind of stuff, like when I was talking about the skill to uh, fulfill yourself, I guess I'm very aware of what I need to do for self-care. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm good at it all the time. And I'm not saying I'm the best at making life decisions because I have made some piss poor like decisions. <laughs> but one thing I am good at is if I'm anxious right now, I know how to deal with it and make it go away. Hmm. Is what I'm I know how to do fulfilling things. And so I'll go back to the example again about building Legos. Take something chaotic and, and put it in order. That makes me feel good. Um, it makes me feel good, even though I don't like cleaning all the time. Sometimes it makes me feel good to organize a closet and stand right. back and look at it and just be like, wow, I did something productive today. This feels good. Um, I don't always choose to build stuff with my hands or like do woodworking or, or stuff around the house because I, I'm not good at it, but it feels good when you do it and get it done. It feels good to make a workout and then complete the workout. It feels good to look at a blank page and, and, and write a poem. It feels good. And it's funny as I list all these things, they all accomplish the same thing. You're going from something that's nothing and you create something. But I think that people are very unaware of what floats their boat or what gets them to that point. Yeah, yeah. By doing something productive. And so what they do is rather than make a scrapbook, build Legos, uh, do a woodworking project, do landscaping. Like I would imagine gardening. I don't know if you're a gardener, Joe, but gardening would feel the same way to me, I think. Mm -hmm. Like if you – started with like just a mess in your backyard and cleared land and did a bunch of stuff that must feel good for some people. But that's not what people do. People turn on the Netflix and just watch a show. They don't even like that much yeah, or yeah. they call their friend and gossip about other people or they uh, uh, top on Instagram and just have random conversations with all kinds of people because they don't know. I don't think they ever got the skill set as kids to learn how to do something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I think is, is now that I think about it, I think it's really important to teach kids that, do you know what I mean? Like what's, what's your thing? And it's okay to have a thing. Yeah. It's a thing that makes you feel good. Okay. I think they all come from the same place. And I think the person that cleans for soothing, that's the same person that builds Legos. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same. I think it's the same um, thought. I think it's a different mechanism, if you will. But I think it's the same psychological uh, uh, construct, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, 
that could be finishing a video game, Joe. Yeah. Right. Like if I mean, you really, start yeah, off. Absolutely. And, 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 and I'll tell you, uh, even like playing Witcher, I love that game. And part of the reason why I love that game is because there are certain tasks and you have to yep. complete them. And there's just a satisfaction you get from completing tasks. And it, it helps that the story is good. It helps that the environment's rich. So that's all really good. But I mean, when you're in a situation where your life is a little bit out of your hands, nobody knows what's next. I don't know what to do. Boy, it sure is nice to have a very clear direction and to know exactly what the steps are that I need to be uh, following to get there. What you're going to do, and I suppose some of these things could be put in more productive or less productive camps, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I think everyone would would agree that beautifying your landscape around your house is probably more productive than a video game. Just as a whole. I don't think that's always true because what if your job was a video game tester? Mm -hmm. Like that would be more productive thing if you got paid, by the way, that sounds like a dream job to me. At least it did (laughs) until I met somebody. I actually worked with them in the gym that was a video game tester and they learned to hate video games because you can't just play it. Like you're playing a game that's broken. That's got bugs. You got to have a notepad out. Like they never could just sit down and enjoy playing exactly you know what i mean and then by the time the game came out they'd already played it 19 million times through broken they couldn't stomach playing it when it worked anyway yeah my point is there's stuff that might be more productive it might be more productive for you to rework the joe sabula website Mm -hmm. than uh uh play the witcher it might be more productive for you to do something with jojo than than um, you know, do something else. I don't know what the example would be because there's a million examples of this. But at the same time, Joe, this stuff doesn't always need to be "quote unquote" what society finds to be productive. Yeah, because it could be just the fact that you're dealing with your own internal monologue, dealing with your own anxiety. That could be really productive in itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like some people have have talked to me about they don't get the appeal of video games. I'm like, well, it can be really soothing to start a game, to struggle, to overcome adversity. Like it sounds like the same stuff I teach people in the gym. Yeah. Why are video games so differently? And I think that's why I love working out because there's something about facing a challenge and overcoming it and, and going through it. And so maybe your thing during this time can can be working out. So I think what I'd like to do for everybody here who's who's listening to this is – if you find yourself in a position and you're struggling, you don't know what to do. You, you are bored. Like if those words have come out of your mouth in the next, in the last week, you need to sit down and make a list of five things that you really want to do that you find fulfilling. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be a great start. And now if you can't find five, find two, find one, find four, but then go do the thing every day, do something to make yourself feel Fulfilled because that's as as we talk through this, Joe, and we didn't really plan this. We're just kind of chatting. Um, I think I want to call the 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 episode if you're in favor of it. I want to call it fulfillment. Yeah, I like because I think I that's, think I mean, during that, that's time, what we're that's what we're really talking about is is trying to find a way to be fulfilled. Because people are really having a hard time when all their things are taken away. Like my job's taken away. My coworkers are taken away. I'm inside. What do you find fulfilling? I don't think a lot of people know the answer to that question, Joe. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. I don't think they've ever done the work to figure that out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know about you. Um, maybe I'm a simpleton, but, but my dream life would be to wake up without an alarm clock, make some food. I don't know if, I mean, you know this, but I love cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but I was, I was going to say, I don't know if you know how much I love it. I love trying out new recipes. I love following food network personalities. I get excited if a, if a food network personality follows me or DMs me, like it makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like asking food related questions. I love watching the food network on TV. It's a real passion of mine uh, because I came from a family that cooked. My dad cooked dinner every night. Uh, My Italian grandmother cooked like crazy, but that really floats my boat. So there was something to me that was just oddly satisfying about making pancakes today, Mm. trying a different recipe, like, you know, cooking bacon on a different stove. Like there's just things that I like doing and learning, you know, Um, I, I actually, butchered some hamburgers last night which is <laughs> I, had, I had really nice i had a4 wagyu japanese ground beef that i pulled out of the freezer and it was really expensive and and i i made a burger and i had a little bit of whiskey and i had some prime rib seasoning blah 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 and uh i had a grill malfunction and then i put them on a different grill and my grill caught on fire and it burnt some of the it was a fucking mess joe yeah but there's i ate them by the way they were still pretty dim but <laughs> the presentation value would have got me chopped on the show <laughs> um, which is called chop but the, my what i'm getting at is i have some more and you know what i'm gonna do tonight i'm gonna redo them and i'm gonna make it work yeah yeah you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm going to be more about it, like, gonna... There's also the, you know, you, now you've made a mistake. You have something to learn from and even a bit of motivation to try to do better the next time. Yeah. And but that my point is that makes me feel good. So that's my morning. Then I go work out. Mm-hmm. Then I have a nap in the afternoon. Then I maybe work out again. And then I cook dinner again. I mean, Joe, that's a really fulfilling day for me. Really simple, but really fulfilling. There's a there's a stat that actually happens with cops where uh, a lot of cops shockingly die within five years after the retirement. Yeah. Because they don't know what to do. And I, I believe you might be more familiar with it than me. I think that extends to firefighters. I think that extends to most jobs where people have an identity that is their job and you take that job away from them and they don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. You actually, you actually hear about it in the NFL and the NBA. Um, it was a really good talk. I heard a uh, guy, Shane Battier, who's a, who's a, who's a basketball player played for the Miami heat. He was talking about how his entire life was predicated on a scoreboard. Hmm. It was very easy to know if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. It was very easy based on metrics, based on assists, based on how much you were getting paid, what to do and what not to do. And then all of a sudden, I can't remember how old he said he was when he retired, but all of a sudden you're 36 years old, you got $20 million in the bank and you have no clue what to do with yourself. Yeah. And it's something that guys really, really struggle with because you've been living a life for the past 20 years. Your whole life has been based on that scoreboard and then it's taken away. And then the question is now what? Well, I'm thinking, too, like you you were in the spotlight. You know what I mean? Like you used to be the guy that showed up at a restaurant and they would clear people out of your your spot. 
you know, because you were a hot, a hot thing. And then people would come up to you and want to ask you questions about the game and about what was going on. And, you know, what did coach say in the locker room? And, and I'm sure there's just like parties and, 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 you know, uh, women and alcohol and what have you. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're just a, a dude again and you're and it's over. It's like done. <laughs> now, now you just have to mow the lawn, just like your neighbor, you know, now you have to, you know, go to the store and buy cereal. You know what? It, it actually reminds me of, did you ever see the movie Hurt Locker? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. It's intense. All right. So it, it's actually one of my favorite movies because like the whole thing is like, he's trying to defuse uh, bombs. And so there's always this tension, this constant tension of like, does he know what he's doing? You know, there's, there's people watching him. Are they going to try to snipe him? Are they trying to stop him? Are they studying him? And, and he's like obsessed with the mechanical workings of these bombs and trying to figure them out. And, and there's all these scenes that are just like, like on the verge of exploding. And then it just like cuts and he's in a grocery store buying cereal. And it's like, now you understand like why somebody like that can't come back to the real world because when they're on their job, it's like their whole being is sucked into that moment. And that's where they're like, they're, they're their absolute best. And then the expectation is they're just going to come home and be normal. So I feel like really high performing athletes, it's kind of that same thing of like one day you're on top of the world and you're holding the, the Lombardi trophy overhead. And then the next day you just, you know, shovel in your driveway. Whoa, whoa back up. The the Lombardi Trophy is that that same dude you and you and your sister always talk about from Green Bay with the funny hat and the glasses. Yeah, the the Lombardi Trophy is the one that when you win the the World Championships, the Super Bowl, that's the trophy Shit. they give you. It's not called the Super Bowl Trophy. No. Oh, who no. <laughs> I, I Dave, Dave Lombardo must have been like a really. I mean, I, I feel bad that I talk shit about him all the time, but if the Super Bowl trophy is named after him, he must have been like fucking good at what he does. Uh, he was all right. He was okay. <laughs> I wonder if I'm actually on the band list from the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> like I show up there and there's an angry group of people with cheese heads ready to beat me down. Never had um, Culver's. Doesn't know who Vince Lombardi is. <laughs> okay. why, why do Green Bay people wear cheese heads? Uh, well, it, a lot of it has to do with the uh, the rivalry with the Chicago Bears. Uh, we've got our own slang terms for for Chicagoans when they're driving through the state of Wisconsin, and they their their uh, term of endearment for us is uh, cheese heads because Wisconsin is the the Bears know, capital of cheese. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, we're, like, we're, we're, the, we're the dairy state is like our, our big contribution to the world. Like real Wisconsin cheese is a big deal. Got yeah, I got it. That, that makes sense to me. Um, Utah is the beehive state, but there's not a lot of bees here, hmm. which terribly. So maybe, maybe, maybe they're um, referring but, to the hairdo. <laughs> yeah, it could be the hairdo. Is that, is that popular with like Mormons or something? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's like hive mentality, like everything's a community, although and this is going to this is going to up my geek credit to anyone that's listening, Joe. Whenever I hear hive, I think of the Borg. Collective. That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> which, we must which I really want to do. By the way, the new Picard series on CBS looks incredible and I yeah, want to watch it, it really it's funny. bad. I hadn't heard but, anything about it and I just saw like a couple of a quick snippets when I was uh, poking around online earlier today and I'm like, oh man, that, that looks good. I would get into good. that. It does look really good except except by my math, Jean-Luc Picard must be like 
497 now, yeah. but I guess life expectancy a thousand years from now is high. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Um, it would actually be cool if like certain TV shows, we're going way off topic and down a hole. <laughs> I actually wonder because of how big the coronavirus is, if futuristic TV shows will make reference to the coronavirus in past tense in the future, almost as like a creative uh, storytelling vessel. Yeah. Like, yeah. First, you know what I mean? it, first it was coro- or, uh, 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 COVID-19 and then came COVID-20 and then COVID-21 yep. and then finally the Z virus. Yeah, it wiped everybody right out, and mm-hmm. and it's 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 the the Z virus, Joe. Uh, respect my Canadian heritage. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies, um, which you know, have you ever seen World War Z? Is yes. that what you're talking yes. about? Yes, yes. Uh, read read, just, read the book. I never actually watched the movie. I read the book. That, it was actually pretty good. But to, to finish off the podcast, we gotta we gotta get back on track. I think what we were really talking about in that that example of Shane Batty, the athlete, I think that fulfillment is what people really lack. Mm-hmm. Because if you've been doing a thing your whole life and now you're forced to deal with something else, it's difficult. And I really feel that's what a lot of people are going through at home right now. Yeah, yeah. they don't know how to be fulfilled. And the things that we're told should fulfill us your marriage, your kids, your whatever, for some reason, they just don't. Yeah. Well, I, I think because you know I mean? that expectation is there. Oh, well, I'll just be home and my wife will fulfill me. Well, that's, I mean, that's not fair to put that on her, you know, or all oh, my kids, that's where yeah. my fulfillment will come. And it's like, well, I mean, you, you get what you put into it too, you know? I think, Joe, you, that's you, a really dangerous. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you can't just sit back and expect to be fulfilled. Like there's action on your part that's necessary. No, I, I was going to say, I think that's a dangerous game to play. If you have to find fulfillment in somebody else, if you have to find fulfillment in, like if it needs to be provided for you is what I'm saying, I think you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like no one's responsible for your happiness except for you. No one's responsible for your life except for you. If you're anxious, you need to find a way to deal with it, not expect somebody else to come riding in and saving the day because I think that's a bad pathway you're traveling down personally. Yeah, yeah. So um, you guys, this has been great. Thank you so much for listening to Joe and I talk. We really appreciate it. Uh, I got some feedback today, Joe. Some people uh, seem to be really liking just this format. But we just... And just and just figure it out. And I actually think a lot of good stuff has come out of it versus versus being so planned. And so um, maybe that's going to continue. Thank you guys very much for listening. Um, Check out the inner circle, the Maximus podcast dot com. Click the little lines in the corner. Join now is what you want to do and get access to an incredible community of people. Uh, Joe, I think in about. an hour and 10 minutes um, we're going to be on a zoom call that's right talking to people going through a, a kind of workout so um, yeah i just i just i posted the meeting id in the the podcast inner circle discussion forum so everybody has right. it now now we'll see who understands technology and who's never been on a conference call before 
yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. We're taking the world corporate one maximally uh, <laughs> at a time, if you will. So, um, if you're interested in 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 the inner circle, uh, please join. And then also another big thank you to our sponsors, Ten Thousand. Go to ten thousand cc. It's the words ten thousand. Use the code Maximus fifteen for fifteen percent off. And then of course Lalo.com, L-A-L-O.com. Get yourself fifty percent off with the code Maximus fifteen. 